It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cartmacross Cross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cartmacross Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or CartmacrossCU.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, the Renault Selection used car event, is now on. If you want to save thousands, check out this month's offers, including low APR finance, two years warranty, and roadside assistance. Terms and conditions apply. You're very welcome to Friday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Lots of chat and interesting guests and stories for you over the next couple of hours. And we begin today with one of our regulars. I love when she comes calling because she's made so many suggestions over the years to, I know, so many people on this show who said, you know what, we will listen to Sandra and we did what she said and we've really enjoyed it. Sandra Finnegan from Globe Travel is with me again. Good to see you, Sandra. Good afternoon, Jerry. I feel like a holiday myself today. <laughs> You're under a little pressure, right? Little pressure, right? yeah. I'm wrecked. <laughs> anyway, listen, relax for the next few minutes, if you can, with us here. And let's start talking about these air traffic controllers in France. They're at it again. That's why I'm wrecked, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, the French have started their silly season and uh, air traffic controllers. And it just has a huge knock-on effect throughout Europe. Yesterday, as you knew personally yourself, you know, just, you know, it can knock a day from two to six hours and in some cases cancel flights, which Ryanair had to do quite a lot of yesterday. There's nothing you can do, only just suck it up. Grin and bear it. (laughs) Grin and bear it. You know, when they tell you this is happening and you're on the runway and you're boarded a plane, there's no way they ever take you back or anything like that. They don't take you back. And the difficulty is, even if the flight is cancelled, all they're doing is telling you, we can offer you an alternative flight. And nine times out of ten, that alternative flight is full. And plan B is a refund. And plan C is you have to buy a new ticket at the cost to yourself. And you are know, you covered by this? Does insurance no, beca- cover you? It's not because these are strikes, so they're not actually covered. That's a pain, isn't it's it? It's a pain. It's an absolute, you know, if it's weather or something like that, you're considered. But these are industrial strikes, so they, they're actually not covered. Mostly, though, it is a delay and you get away at some stage. You will get yes. delay. Like yesterday, the average uh, delay was anywhere between two and four hours and as you said you had to suck it up the difficulty is if you're making a connection and that's where the problem lies that's where you always say to people people think oh god I'm going to go here there and everywhere I'm going to buy one way tickets from here from A to B and pick up B to C but if A to B goes wrong 
be to see you're left on your face. Mm, and that is a difficulty yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's no point in checking in before you go. You must just well, go. Well, you do need to check in yeah, you know, but, before you go yeah. and just keep an eye on it. Yeah. You know, but what I'm saying is you have to go for your appointed time. You have to check to your in and board time, and everything. Absolutely. There's no way around that. There's no way around it. Okay, yeah. that's, that's clear enough. Anyway, be prepared for delays. That's the message from Sandra today. Now, while we're talking about the air traffic controllers and the uh, congestion and confusion and the annoyance they cause... Enhancing the travel experience, you wanted to talk about this for a moment today from you arrive at the airport. Now, fast track. What about fast track? At this stage, I'm built for comfort rather than speed, (laughs) Jerry. So I look for every option round to make my life easy. So, you know, for the sake of six... For the sake of six or seven euro, I will book a fast track at Dublin Airport, particularly if you're at peak times, anywhere between 6am in the morning and 8. The queues going through the security, particularly now with security being at such a high alert at all airports. You know yourself, Jerry. by the time you get through security and then you have to go through the cameras and the safety check. If you pay for the fast track, there's a dedicated one or two fast lanes. And it will literally save you 20, 25 minutes at an airport. And if you're travelling with a buggy or young children, I know it's a couple of extra euro, but I would say to you, it makes life so much easier. And maybe the difference of you having a coffee, a breakfast, going buying your newspaper or just not having to run and give yourself blood pressure at the other end. You okay, know? so that is your top tip this summer. Opt I for fast track at those peak fast times. Track and, you know, Dublin Airport are very good. There's a limited number of fast tracks. There's 15 minute slots and they, there is only X number of passengers will get through on those slots. Okay. So well worth it. And we say to people now when you're travelling, would you like me to book a fast track in advance for you? We don't make any money out of it, but all we're trying to do is enhance your travel experience and take the stress out of it. What about on the other side coming back? On the other side coming back, certain airports do have it. A lot of European airports offer it. Malaga Airport drives me mad and it doesn't have it. Paris, Brussels, Amsterdam, Heathrow has it now. Mm. So it's a great way of saving time. Another thing, another one which is well worth looking at, passengers are travelling to the States at the moment. You're going to the airport three to four hours to try and do the US pre-clearance. And normally when you got to the other side, all that was there was a machine selling sandwiches and water. And if you young kids with you, it's not easy. There is a lounge now at Dublin Airport where you can pay for access into it. It's not cheap, Jerry, but, you know, if you're having a big holiday, you can add the extra 35 to 40 euro and then all food and drinks are complimentary once Mm. you get to the lounge. So if you're there for a couple of hours, you'll spend it, you know, quite easily. And then you've got all your free Wi-Fi and there's a business centre there as well. I've used them. I've used them here and abroad and I have to say they're ah, fantastic. It's lovely. It's it's relaxing. You can yes. sit, read a book. You know, you've got space and you can sit and have a glass of wine, a few canopies and it makes travel very pleasant. And, and I will say to people, if you're self-employed or in business, I, I've travelled with a couple of people who have this facility. It's part of their yep. thing for the year and you can use it. Absolutely. Or um, say, for example, some AIB credit card holders, if you have a corporate card, That's right. there's a priority pass that you can use. I use myself and it's great and you know particularly if flights are delayed for a couple of hours you can do a bit of work in a lounge you can they are fantastic and I'll vouch for that myself and the other thing you just wanted to mention about the experience this online duty free shopping you're a fan 
oh, I'm a devil from a Joe Malone, Joe. <laughs> you know, when I'm going through the airport, I don't want to be carrying it through. Nine times out of ten, most of us are only travelling with 10 kg bags. So if you want to buy that bottle of perfume, if you buy it on the way out, you'll have to drop it on the way back because you can't take it back with you. So if you purchase it at Dublin Airport online or through the airport, you can collect on the way home and it's super. All you do is just produce your boarding card and the bag is ready for you. Two minutes and you'll have it picked up. Terrific. Now, let's wet their appetite. School's out for summer very well, soon. We're nearly there. The, yep. the primary uh, secondary schools are finished now in two weeks and the primary schools are six weeks off. There's still lots of offers out there, Jerry. Um, there is plenty of destinations. Uh, for example, Italy at the moment, Top Flight, still have Bella Italia there. For the families looking for the two-bedroom apartments, they're there on the 27th, 28th of May for, for a one-week duration coming in at 579 So it's really good value. That's flights, transfers, bags, the whole shooting gallery. That's great, isn't it? Really, for, really for good family value. there. And that yeah. that's well renowned as uh, a destination for families, isn't it? Yes. Families. Um uh, Croatia, super value there coming in at four ninety nine. Complete package from the eighth of June for a week, flights, transfers and bags. So Croatia, Italy's there. What about Spain or Portugal? Spain and Portugal, some really, really good offers there coming in, uh Lanzarote coming in around four nine nine, uh Fertaventura coming in at four fifty nine. And Turkey is really back on the map this year and you're going to get really good value for your euro. And it's Kusadasi and, and that Kusadasi type of area. Yeah. There. There's also Bodrum there. The Dalaman Coast is back in there as well. So plenty of options there. And this year for the first time, for those looking for something a little bit different, Ryanair have introduced new services into Jordan and into Israel. And you can actually connect really, really well through Brussels and can put some fantastic packages out there for you available as well. So Something a little bit different. Yeah, that is different. So it, it definitely there's availability still and lots of choice there as well and at very good value. Really, really good value. There's a fantastic offer there, come back to my cruises, Jerry, on a, a med cruise including flights 1139 on the 29th of May and that includes a drinks package. It's a really good value. Cruising. She loves the cruising, Sandra. I know, but she it's really just, does. You know, it's great value for money for clients. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, anyone who doesn't want to do the Mediterranean and they want to look at the Scanda cruises to Norway, there's super value there on the 26th of May, €980, Euro, including flights from Dublin. Terrific. So all there at the moment and still available. But in the next while, obviously, with schools coming yeah, out. Once that, the schools yeah. are coming out, we can see parents after Easter, there's been a mm. huge boost. Okay, right. So that's the message today. Lots to uh, consider there. If you want to put a question to Sandra, 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text as quick as you can. Now, when she comes into us, we always pick a city. And boy, have you picked a nice one today because I've been doing a bit of research myself on this you this morning. You probably know more about it than I do, well, Jerry. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You've turned my head for sure because it's somewhere I would not have considered. Basel we're talking about in Switzerland. Now, the connectivity to Basel is good now from Dublin, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely super because normally you would fly into Zurich and hop on the train. Uh, which is only 70 kilometres away and train fares are not expensive. But Ryanair now have a new service four days a week to Basel. And for those people who come in every year and think, my Christmas markets, I want to go somewhere different. This is your golden opportunity to book early and get great value on a lovely city break. Uh, You know, surrounded by France and Germany, um, you know, you're right in the heart of Europe. Um, 
they say there's a museum for every kilometre that you travel. You have a toy museum. Uh, you have one of the biggest zoos in Europe. Uh, you've got a photographic museum. You name it and those museums are there. It just looks spectacular. I haven't been, but it's on my list for this year, Jerry. You have done your research because I'm ticking on my list here as you go mm. along there. That zoo in Basel was opened in 1874 mm. and it is actually regarded as one of the greatest zoos in the world. Yeah, I think there's 500 different species in that zoo. It's absolutely, they've got monkey houses, lions, tigers, giraffes. You name it and it's there. And like for the kids, you know, it's only a short flight and you can do it to centre. So what, you know, if you're looking for a bit of a combination, you could fly into Basel, do a couple of days, hop on the train, go on to Zurich or either do Geneva. So you've got a great combination there or you can cross the border into France and Germany. So, you know, Europe is your oyster. What about the cost? Because people have it in their minds, you know, oh, Switzerland is a very expensive country. Ireland's a very expensive country, <laughs> Jerry. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, too. I was talking to a yeah. couple, and the guy is living in Basel, whatever. Cost of living is will be quite similar to here. Okay. You know, even alcohol, dinner prices, and all the rest. Hotel prices are actually quite reasonable, so you will get you know relatively good value for your money. Okay, it is a little bit more expensive, and you've got the Swiss franc versus the euro. Um, if you're looking for something different, Jerry, we've done the Krakows, we've done the Amsterdams, yeah. we've done the Paris. This is something new and something different to they try. They say magical at Christmas. Those Ab- are the looks, words. That yeah, yeah. They- you know, it looks um, just such a historical, beautiful, on the rivers, canals, yeah. everything, something something for everybody. What would you do, just coming back to that, because I know people, obviously it's, it's May, but this year, and like any year, it turns around fast. When you're talking about going for a, a Christmas visit for the markets, how many nights? I would do three nights, Jerry. I think by the first day you get there, you know, the day is nearly gone. Mm. And then give yourself a couple of days, you know, a day sightseeing and a, a, a little bit of shopping. Okay, so three nights is the is three the recommended. Nights, yeah. The other thing about this place that I didn't realise, it gets three hundred days of sunshine, sunshine in yeah. the year. That's hard to believe, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. And by all accounts, a great football stadium and a good football team there as well. Oh Jerry. yes, they yeah. have indeed a yeah. decent football team. And the other thing, Roger Federer, you know, mm. was born in Basel, and yeah. they're big into their sport and their tennis, tennis yeah. and they really love him there. Yeah. They they really do. The markets you mentioned as well, the art scene there, the zoo. It's on the Rhine, of course. Yeah. And the architecture, that cathedral the is yeah. unbelievable. And then, it? like the whole tram service around the city as well. You know, the airport is literally 10 minutes from the city centre. Yeah. So, very convenient. And the flight time is? The flight, it's two hours 40. Okay. Question for you, Sandra. If going on honeymoon, which cruise would Sandra recommend for a honeymoon? Okay, it really depends on your budget and where you want to go to. Uh, celebrity cruises would be more for adults than children, so they will actually be fantastic. Silver Seas is a complete, amazing experience. It's the high end, it's seven star cruising. So I would say celebrity, if you want to keep less children around the place, then after that, obviously, you can't beat Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean, Norwegian and MSC are more family orientated. Then you have lots of other cruises like region cruises who are very big into the Greek islands. But give me a call and give me an idea what you're looking for. You can even do some amazing cruises out to the Hawaiian Islands from the west coast of America. So just depending on what your budget and your time of year. That sounds romantic to me. All right, Hawaii mm. for sure. You'll contact Sandra on 0419837791. Just a few more questions 
before uh, we finish up. What if you forget to pick up the perfume when you get back to Dublin? You know, with the online, will they send it out to you? Or? They won't post them. I think you can go back once you've got a copy of your boarding card. I think they will. I can't give you a 100% definitive okay. answer on that, but I think that's what you can do. Because I remember walking out through departures and being in the car park and being able to walk back in and pick it up. Another one, booking seats together if you have young children who are intending on holidaying abroad for the first time this year. Will you ask, Sandra, is it worth the extra to book seats together or would you just ask someone to swap seats? If it was me, I would pay the difference because I prefer to have confidence in what I'm going because some people just won't budge. Some people will always say yes, but there's others that will say no. Uh, does Sandra know if the online passport system is improving uh, waiting times for passports? Absolutely improving waiting times, certainly for adults and for repeat passports. Uh, for children, it's a bit of a nightmare out there at the moment. Serious delays. I'd say we're back up on about three to four weeks. OK, so t- have that in mind if, if you're not sorted at this stage. Yeah. And finally, <laughs> Sandra, any tip for a very nervous flyer? Um, Jump on board. Okay, well, what I would say to you is um, if you come in and have a chat with us, we would actually document your booking to the airline to explain how you are. If you are very nervous, try and get the front seat of the aircraft. You'll feel more confident, you've a little bit more leg room and tell the stewardess when you get on board that you're not feeling great. You know, sometimes you can take one of these rescue remedies and they do help. Yes, so that's with very you, I important. I take a glass of wine, Jerry, and it, that does it for me. <laughs> Is it best to buy tickets for Salou on arrival or before travel? I would buy them in advance because there's some fantastic offers. There's some three for two offers in advance that covers the Universal, um, Universal the Water Park and the uh, Ferrari World as well. Okay, so get them before you Buy them in advance, yeah. You'll get better. Yeah, and even if you haven't booked with us, if you give us a call, we have some special offers on those tickets. Okay, Sandra, we leave it there today. 0419837791 or globetravel.ie and they'll be very happy to help you. Thanks a million, Sandra. See you next time. Good to see you. Just to remind you, if you'd like to win a car, yes, to celebrate the opening of the state-of-the-art new showrooms on the Inner Relief Road, Dundalk, Blackstone Motors, our show sponsors, in association with LMFM, are giving away a brand new Renault Clio Dynamique. It's valued at almost €20,000. To enter the draw, all you have to do is to call into Blackstone Motors, the showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda, just fill in the simple entry form. And next Monday, we'll be doing the first draw here on Late Lunch after three o'clock. We'll pick out two names. And then on the next two Mondays as well, there'll be six going into the final. And the grand finale is Thursday, May the 30th, with a live Late Lunch from the new showrooms in Dundalk. So get into Blackstone Motors today. And they're open tomorrow, Saturday as well in Drogheda, Dundalk. And get your name in the hat. Louise, you're learning a little bit about footy this week. I knew week. nothing about football up until this week. <laughs> and like, what was it, three in a row, didn't we? get uh, last we, night we, we, ha- we actually got it, it, I, I'd say you'd say it's a four timer because Liverpool overcame Barcelona incredibly okay. to make the Champions League final your new favourite team she's a Tottenham supporter oh, yeah, I'm I think. after the lads yesterday They're she's great a Spurs supporter Louise has just done the I dirt I know nothing me. about the team but I know the fans she's <laughs> gone to Tottenham and me a poor gooner anyway Tottenham made it into the Champions League Arsenal last night did the business and got into the Europa League final as did Chelsea with a penalty shootout win so four English teams two and two in the two big European competition finals this year never happened before ever ever Oh, wow. Never ever Some will have four English clubs. And all we want is Arsenal to beat that Chelsea crowd in Baku on the 29th of May. Come on, the Gooners. Would you be very upset if you lost? Ah, 
you know something? I, I thought you'd be upset if Arsenal lost. Yeah, from a distance. You know what I mean? I followed them from a distance and I really do like them. Uh, but, you know, it's, I, I say again, it's more about following your own club in your own area. I'd be more upset if Drogheda lost a big game or a final or something and the Dock fans would be the same, I'm sure. And we all follow, have our clubs in England and that it works like that. But, uh, look, I hope they win it. It'd be great to win it because they'll get in the Champions League Arsenal next year if they win it. If they don't, they end up with absolutely nothing for the season and that's the reality of it. It'll be a shootout at the OK Corral. And then after that, that's the 29th, the 1st of June is the Liverpool-Tottenham game, the Champions League final. So are you a sports supporter? Is that what you're saying to me now? I am Tottenham. For the minute, we'll see the next lot of fans. There's going to be some sparks and late lunch from now on. <laughs> a Gooner and a Spurs fan. I'll huh? have to find out the colours now. Oh, listen, I'll give you a little bit okay. of a lesson on that. Yeah, but I know the song. But you're clever. Oh, you do indeed after yes. You're clever now. You know, you're you're getting onto a team and a club that's on the upward tra- trajectory. Uh, anyway, look, we'll watch this space. Keep an eye on this little rivalry that started today on late lunch between myself and Louise. Heading to news and weather at two and afterwards. I meet Bobby Kennedy's daughter. Yes, I'm in conversation with Courtney Kennedy-Hill. Big news, folks. There's an exhibition opening in Trim. It's called Dear Dot, and it's in memory of Dot Tuberty. And I'm in Trim this afternoon to meet a very special lady because she's been invited over from the United States to do the official opening. And it's my pleasure to meet, on late lunch this afternoon, Courtney Kennedy-Hill. It really is a pleasure. Well, it's a real treat to meet you, too. I have to say, you have a great uh, smile. So I'm, de- I'm delighted to be here with my cousin, Sydney uh, Lawford McKelvey, who's uh, with me to do this opening. So it's Kennedy's on the double in Trim this weekend, yeah. we have to say. Now tell me this, you've come to Trim, you've been invited here to do this opening of the exhibition. Will you tell our listeners, who was Dot Tuberty and why you're here? First and foremost, she was my godmother. So that's uh, very special to me. She was a very special woman ahead of her time. She uh, lost her husband, Michael, who was killed in a riding accident here in Trim um, when she was, well, they were newly married with a, with a young uh, baby. And uh, so she had to get herself a job and, uh, you know, take care of herself and her daughter. And uh, she went to work for Waterford. And uh, she did, and she worked for them for most of her life. And in doing that, she she also helped my uh, uncle Jack, our uncle Jack, trip over here. She did most of the organizing for it. And as part of that, she presented him with the Waterford Bowl full of shamrocks. And then since then, uh, every St. Patrick's Day at the White House, the Taoiseach presents it to the president. So So she began all this. Yes, yes, she did. So it's a wonderful tradition. And Waterford, you mentioned, of course, is Waterford Crystal. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, isn't that the only thing Waterford is? <laughs> oh, there's more. The Waterford people will tell you there's more, but they're most famous, you're right, yeah. for the crystal. That's yeah. absolutely a fact. Tell me, <laughs> tell me then how she made the content. She, um, because her husband, Michael, was a, a fa- well, he's a fabulous sportsman, but he was a fabulous rider. And he came over to New York to show at Madison Square Garden. And my mother and her friend at the time um, had big crushes on on Michael Tuberty. 
So they, um, they pretended they were New York Times reporters. They were very young to be New York Times <laughs> reporters. And they asked him if they could do an interview, if he would come do an interview. So they had him meet them at Schraff's which is basically an upmarket ice cream parlor, <laughs> not where a New York Times person would take you to lunch. So after about five questions, he knew the jig was up, and, and, and that was it. So he got up and, and stormed out of there and left them with the check. He didn't storm out, but he left. And so they were furious. <laughs> they didn't like that, they, that he had left them at all. So that night they went into the stables uh, underneath Madison Square Garden and they painted his horse green. And, <laughs> and luckily he had a very good sense of humor about it and they became great friends and friends with my father. And then uh, the next year, um, my parents and their friends uh, brought Dot over so that she could be uh, with him. And, uh, and then after that, they were best friends with and, and just one family member after another. Isn't that a fantastic story? It really is, yeah, the way it all one, began. Yeah. Now, that relationship obviously blossomed and a great trust developed because you mentioned a moment ago that when JFK came to Ireland, that famous visit in the 60s, yes. Dot was part and parcel of that. Yeah, she was instrumental in that, in that trip. She really um, put, put most of it together. And, it, you know, it was, as you know, it was a great success. It was his, always his favorite trip uh, while he was president. Uh, he always spoke of it. And, you know, he loved Ireland so much, he and, and my father. And, our, you know, our whole family feels that way. So. And that relationship and contact continued for years and years. Yeah, basically, her uh, Dot's lives and and our lives intertwined uh, throughout the years. When when, when Michael died, uh, Dot came and lived with us uh, with Anya for a while, which was very nice. And I was young, and um, I I was didn't sleep well. And she would come up to my room and sing me "Chura Lura Lura," <laughs> and I still can hear her singing it. It was fabulous. Um, so she became friends with with Uncle Jack, with um, our Aunt Eunice Kennedy Schreiber, who started Special Olympics. And so Dot helped start Special Olympics over here. And um, we have a foundation that's in honor of my father, the Robert F. Kennedy Memorial. And she um, also was instrumental in doing a lot of fundraisers and work for that in, in Ireland. And then our cousin, Anthony Schreiber, has something called Best Buddies, which she also was instrumental in starting over here. So, and then she went on all of, uh, almost all of the trips around the world to all the different countries with Eunice uh, when she traveled for Special Olympics. And they had a fabulous, uh, fabulous time together. She, you know, she was always with us, mm. you know. It, she was an important part of our family. Yeah, and, she, you know, she was very active in terms of the North. Every time she came over to uh, the States, um, she would have Teddy introduce her to every politician that um, 
that they could find to talk about the North and what was going on. And she was just always kept it on the forefront um, in the United States. So I think she was a really important part of the beginning of the peace process. She brought John Hume over to the United States before uh, anybody else did and uh, before he'd met anybody. So she was a big deal. She was very active but besi- behind the scenes, in a way, you yeah. know. But um, she she was just uh, a go-getter. She's a great friend in that she always kept our privacy private. She never um, used uh, her friendship with our family to benefit herself in any way at any time. She was very humble in that way. Coming to today, and she's passed a, a while now. A year and, ago now. Yes, yes, a year ago is right. And as I said, she was in her 90s when she went. And that story, she didn't want her death revealed immediately. Yes, that's, yes, that's true. She, um, I, I don't really understand why myself, but I, I have to say when um, last year for spring break, our daughter, Sir, Paul's and my daughter, um, Saoirse, who's, uh, she'll be a senior at Boston College this year, but last year for spring break, she came over um, for spring break, and so she went to visit Dot, and at that time, she had just gone into, you know, a place where it wasn't, uh, you know, it was no longer her home. And um, she, uh, after she went in there, she went downhill um, pretty quickly. But Searsha went to visit her, and she was in a way where she kind of thought it knew it was Searsha, and she kind of thought it was me. And I feel like she knew she was saying goodbye then. And then uh, she was gone a month later. Eric Lawler, her nephew, has gathered together a lot of her artefacts, memorabilia, very, very special stuff for this exhibition here. What does that mean to you? Well, I, I think it'll, it'll show um, all the work that, that Dot did throughout the years and um, how incredible and, and what a unique person she was and also how intertwined um, with our family, she was. I mean, she was really a family member. And the the, tri- the Trim Tourism Network has really done uh, an awesome job of of working on it and uh, helping out, really, really doing uh, most of the work and done a fa- fabulous job. I'm very excited about it. You haven't seen it. You're not no, aware no. of this. Isn't that even more exciting yeah, that you exciting. will be going there seeing this for the first time? Yes, yes. We're terrifically excited. And um, a lot of my siblings and some of the Shriver kids all sent little messages via video. So I look forward to seeing those as well. It'll be great. And I know you've paid your respects as well because you've been to her resting place. Yes, this morning we went. Was um, that special? It was special. What uh, uh, what I, what shocked me is that she had um, a little uh, son, Michael Anthony, um, who she lost as a baby, and she never spoke of him. She never spoke of any. She never complained or, or spoke of any feeling any kind of hardship in her life. She was always a very positive person, and she had the most awesome Irish twinkle in her eye. And uh, she really, 
was somebody who was positive and moved forward, which I think is uh, one of the ways she bonded with my mother. They both had that kind of way of living their lives. And they can come this Sunday at 12.30 and uh, be there for the opening, which I think will be a fantastic, fantastic time. So I hope people will come. Courtney, thank you again for joining me on my show today. This intrigues me. Will we see a Kennedy run for presidency now or in the future? My nephew, Joe Kennedy, the congressman. Uh, It would be great to see him. He he is fabulous. He is, uh, he's, I think he's got it. Um, And uh, he reminds me a lot of my father. And he, he just cares deeply from the heart. It all comes, he's just all heart. And, uh, and that's where it comes from. And that's the most important. Will he? throw us out in the ring this time round or do you think no, he'll no. hold his council a little longer? Yeah, I think he'll wait a little I mean, I don't know if he'll do it. I'm just saying, I think it would be great if he did it. And uh, we have a little um, group chat that's all my siblings, uh, G3, Generation 3, and, and uh, our, their spouses and one of them sent out a thing saying, has anybody decided who you're going to be for? And uh, one of my brothers commented, and everybody had, oh, no, not really. And one of my brothers said, Joe 3. And then everybody joined in and said, that's who, that's who all we would like to see. I don't think we'll talk about the current guy that's there. I don't know whether no, you want to no, talk about no. him. No, thank you, no. <laughs> I, I, pretty I don't well, want to waste my breath. <laughs> I pretty well understood that. But it shows the political, the public service, that aspect of the Kennedys burns brightly and will. Yes, and it's not just in politics. Um, our family, our, our whole family, um, ha- has gone forth and done things in many different fields. Um, for instance, my brother Bobby works on the environment. Um, Joe, who was a congressman, works in the energy field. Um, I have a sister who works in human rights, another sister who does, uh, who does documentaries, which really um, emphasize a lot of important issues. So it, it's, and, and Sydney's uh, brother Christopher was involved in um, chemical um, addiction, and he made a huge difference in that world. And so... Um, it's kind of drifted down and people have taken up their doing something in their own way. Eleven children in your family. Yeah. And one born after yes, the Rory. terrible passing of your dad. Yes, yes thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, six months later, Rory was born. But I think she might be the best of us. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> it took a while. It took a, while, a lot of tries. <laughs> and they got it right with Rory. <laughs> Try number 11. My God, they did. They did indeed. But to come from such a a famous family and a big family, and you mentioned some of them there and what they're doing and the contribution they're making to life in America and all over the world as well. What does it mean to be a Kennedy? No, it's hard to say because it's just, um, that's just what what our lives were. It's just how I grew up. So I don't know anything different. I can't really describe it, I guess. But the respect you command, especially you're, you're in Ireland now. I, I believe you call Ireland home. 
Yes, I and I yesterday when I uh, landed, I you know I felt that I was home. I always do when I when I land in Ireland. And you I hold remember. an Irish passport. I do indeed. And uh, Paul and Saoirse and I lived here for four years, which was fabulous. And and I went to Trinity College. And um, yeah, and Sydney and I took a trip here uh, when we were younger, and. Uh, and our whole family spends as much time here as possible. Mm. We really feel a very strong connection. And that that has been passed down. Um and then I had my uh I had my DNA done and I'm ninety seven point five percent Irish. Can you believe that? And my friend who's a genealogist said that's not possible. Even the Irish aren't that Irish. <laughs> You're <laughs> more Irish than the Irish yeah. themselves. Isn't that fantastic, Gordon? <laughs> yeah, so I was thrilled to see that. <laughs> Back to the time when JFK, as we know him, was president. Do you have any recollection? Because you were very young when, when he was assassinated. Yes, but when um, while he was president, um, although I was very young, we were very young, um, there was just a feeling in the air of excitement, of something great happening, of very positive and action and everything going on, and that you could feel it was all going for the good, and it was a it was just a terrific buzz in the air. And you can still remember that? Oh, yeah, I can still remember that feeling, yeah. I still, yes, very strongly, yes. And then your own dad stepped in, and he met his end in similar fashion to John. And does that pain you all these years later? Yes, deeply, deeply. I I think anybody who's lost somebody uh, knows that. Do you think what might have been, does that go through your mind regularly? Um, No, I don't really like to go there. Um, Although I have to say, I think he would have been a great president, and I think we'd have had a lot of fun in the White House. (laughs) (laughs) We've had plenty of fun without getting there, and I only hazard a guess at what it might have been like. Yeah, so, but no, in general, no, I I don't really go there. And moving on a bit, Ted, of course, made a massive impact in this time as well, didn't he? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync... Things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. of the Senate, he really, he, after 1980, um, when he uh, ran for president, um, 
he thought about going for it again in 1984, and then he decided that um, what he really wanted to do was be the best senator that he could be. And he was, and he, with every bill that, that he worked on, he always had a Republican co-sponsor, so he always worked across the aisle, and um, he did a lot of good things. And he included us in, in everything. I mean, he took us on trips, he included us in the campaigns. Um, we, the Robert F. Kennedy Memorial gave... Um, the Human Rights Award to uh, uh, two people, uh, Zbigniew Bujak in Poland, and uh, he took us all there, and it was a fabulous trip. And then following that, we went straight from there to see uh, Pope John Paul II, who was, you know, as he was from there, it was just, it was magical. But he did that um, with all his trips. He would take... um, different ones of us and include us and uh, and make sure we knew what was going on and how important it was to be involved. And you're making your own way today and enjoying it and travelling and back home, I say again, here in Ireland. Yeah. And I just want to remind listeners again, Dear Dot, the exhibition, it's at the Trim Visitor Centre. It runs from the 12th of May for three months. And I do say again, do go and check it out. Yeah, because the Trim Tourism Network has done a fabulous job, really. And they've been fat, really good uh, with Sydney and me and organizing our trip and taking us around. We're very grateful to them to David and Michael in particular. <laughs> well, I'm very grateful to you, Courtney Kennedy-Hill, for joining me on my show this afternoon. It's great to see you and a pleasure to meet you. And I wish you well and good luck to everybody associated with the exhibition. And I just want to say what a fabulous daughter I have. Saoirse. <laughs> 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 and she's so Irish too, so I just I have to say that. May I say, you may be American, have your Irish citizenship, but you know what? The Irish mammy runs deep within you. (laughs) And you've just confirmed that, not forgetting the young lady. Thank you again. Thank you, Jerry. Very nice to see you. Kay McCabe is a busy working mum with three teenage boys and she's had enough. Uh, She lives in Navin in County Mead, but she's on the phone line with me today. Hello, Kay. Hi, how's it going? How are you? I am good. You're at your wit's end, the end of your tether. Why? <laughs> ah, well, I wouldn't go that far. But yeah, I'm the stereotypical mom of teenagers. And uh, just some days you just have to take more deep breaths than others. And uh, Thursday a week ago was one of those days. I knew I was in for a busy day at work. So I um, preempted some calls and texts that may be coming my way because... I had the three of them at home during the week, which is unusual. Two of them are home with tummy bugs, and one guy, the oldest fella, um, was about to go to work at 2 o'clock. So it's Friday shopping day, so I was just presuming I was going to get texts and calls to say, there's no food in the presses. So um, I preempted that with a menu and directions to where the food was. <laughs> we spotted this, and we absolutely love it. Imagine putting a road map for food and a menu <laughs> in your kitchen. Kay said, no more. The way you said that there, there's no food in the house. Is that the, yeah. is that the typical call you oh, get? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like I get phone calls. I work um, evening times because I'm a youth worker, so I'm, I'm used to young people. Mm-hmm. And I'd often get phone calls if someone was at home to say, pick up a chipper on the way home. And me knowing there's the ingredients of possibly 
two gourmet meals, three or four standard meals, and then a couple of, you know, throw it together type of frozen dinners. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's hilarious. So the last straw was last week. You left the menu there with directions. You got no calls, I take it, did you? I got no calls. And I'm right. actually quite, um, um, quite uh, you know, surprised. They even used a bit of their own initiative and they deviated from the list and made some other things. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe I was being um, a bit of a mean mom that day. But, uh, yeah, look, um, young people, they very much are, you know, people who live for now and, you know, want something quickly and easily to eat and they don't want to take up their time by taking out pots and pans or even thinking, I think, sometimes because I've come across some doozies in my in my job as well as in my motherhood. You know, mm. like I've been a youth worker now for 10 years. I feel like I should apologise to some of the parents I possibly worked with 10 years ago when I had little tots and I thought I knew it all. <laughs> so now that I have teens, theory and practice is not always the same thing. You bet. And as time moves on, they change, you change, and you realise what wasn't in your spectrum at one stage is today. Now, here's the thing. Besides uh, it being under the nose, I remember my own mother saying to me, you you never see anything. It's under your nose if you just look there. And the other thing she used to say is leave everything at your arse. Are you you a boy like that? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I'd often maybe go to bed and I'd maybe leave one or two of them up, especially at the weekends. And, you know, and I was like, okay, dishes sink, not sink, dishwasher, you know and I get up the next morning and it looks like there's been a party in the sitting room, you know, that kind of way and you're just like oh my god. And up in their bedrooms it's like a visit to Ikea, you know you go into the bedroom just to make a bed and you end up coming out with three forks, two spoons, a couple of cups and maybe a vase that you haven't seen in about six months you know, so um, yeah, it can be it can be a frustrating, loving, happy scary, all in 24 hours having teenagers, you know, it's it's a, it's definitely a, been a fun journey. But Kay, look, yeah. you, you work with them and, and, you know, besides your own three boys, is it just par for the course of being a teenager? That's oh, it totally is. This is not a new concept. Nah. Like Socrates said it 400 years before baby Jesus was born that teenagers um, were rude and, you know, didn't help out with household chores. So this is not something any generation, baby boomers were accused of being, you know, lazy because they never fought in wars. And, you know, so every older generation looks to the teens and looks to the youth and rolls their eyes. You know, we say youth is wasted on the young and things like that. So it's not a new concept. I'm sure we were just as irritating in our teenage years. Um, The only difference is we couldn't have rang Mammy to ask her what something was because there was no mobile phone. So maybe we did have to figure it out a little bit more. Like, there is a big push on it, even from my professional point of view, to work more with young people around core skills and soft skills and building up maybe some skills that, you know, um, maybe with me or you may have already had at 16 or 17 and some 16 and 17-year-olds aren't having. Yes. You know, like eye contact, how to shake hands, how to even have a phone conversation. Mm. You know, but it's just every generation changes and every generation then brings something new and innovative along. So... We can't give out that they're not doing what we used to do because some of the stuff they're doing better than we used to do. You know, oh, sure. they're, way more, they're way more confident nowadays. Yeah. Mm. You know, they, they won't be spoken to in a, an appropriate manner just because, you know, you're an adult or just because um, <laughs> you're, um, you know, because you, you think you know better. So you will get teens speaking to you. But, like, I, I love it. Like, I work with young people who... Their filtration system isn't, let's say, maybe the best. And I think maybe as we get older, we get better at it. Like, I've been asked by some young people um, when we're going on a youth exchange, for example, last year to Bulgaria, um, could she sit beside the window because she wanted some fresh air on the plane? 
Uh, You're joking me. You're joking me. Fresh air and you at 30,000 feet. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've had another one girl who we had a two hour time difference and we were watching a live Liverpool match and she presumed she could ring home and get the score because surely to God it was over in Ireland because it was 10 o'clock in Bulgaria and it was 8 o'clock. You know, yeah, yeah, you're kind of like, no, that's, no, that's not, that's it don't work different. like that. But look, at, at the end of the day, you're right in what you say. Every generation has their different foibles and their positives and negatives as well. But look, here's the thing. You're right. The connectivity today, when they get in touch with somebody, it makes it easier rather than going or looking or doing yourself. You can make that call. But listen, the time is coming when they won't be under mammy's wing or daddy's wing or anybody else. They'll be out on their own and they'll have to make their own way. Yeah, well, that's what they say. Like, and you know, I've been told before that we only have them for eighteen summers. You know, after that, their nineteenth mm. summer and twentieth summer is up to them whether or not they want to spend it with you. You know, um, some days are really long as a parent. You go to bed very frustrated, and you know things like that. But I'm looking at my now nearly six foot four, seventeen year old who's smirking at me at the moment for being on the radio, um, and looking at him going, "I can't believe you're eighteen. You know, so <laughs> so you that's know, who was distracting you there a second ago. Yeah. I won- was wondering he who just, it was. He just came into the room and shook <laughs> his head. He's just like, "Oh God!" He's on God. saying, "Mother, are you on talking about us on LMFM Radio with Jerry Gill? Yes, she is. Yes, she he is. Works, he works in a new. Well, he works in a, um, a petrol station, and one of my friends came in yesterday and was flagging him that I was on going viral as such and yeah. he just shook his head and said it must be a very slow news day if my mother is viral <laughs> I love teens Kay leave it there for today <laughs> thanks a million for joining us not at all thanks take care of yourself bye 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 Kay McCabe from Navin in County Mead it's a universal problem it probably will never change short break on late lunch back in a moment Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Don't miss out on amazing 192 early bird offers at Blackstone Motors today for exclusive 192 offers on all things Renault and Dacia and the full Renault commercial van range. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda. A double tragedy in me in recent days with the passing of two young men. Uh, firstly, we're going to talk about uh, Greg Hogg. He was a valued member of Bective GFC. He played from a young lad with the club right up to the ages. And in fact, he was captain of their B-League team at the moment. And joining me is one of his colleagues, Craig Roach. Good afternoon, Craig. Hi, Jerry. How's it going? Uh, it's going well, but I, I can imagine how everybody uh, connected with the club and uh, Greg's family are feeling at the moment. This is a real tragedy, and it's come as a shocking shock. Yeah, it's an awful shock. We got word on Wednesday Greg was out for a run, then ran into a bit of trouble, and then just he's been probably fitter than ever. And then just he's only 31, so it's a great shock to all of us at the club. It was the last thing we expected to be getting news of or word of. So he was out running and uh, took took poorly, took ill and passed away ultimately, yes? Yeah, yeah, it was a very big shock to us. We didn't, we got word of it and then everyone thought he'd still be fine and then we heard he passed away. So we did just, everyone's in complete shock at the minute. We didn't expect that at all. What kind of a fellow was uh, Greg? Yeah, so I actually, uh, the chairman asked me to say a few words on behalf of our club for Greg, so I actually just wrote them down, so I might just read them straight off for you. Go on, go ahead. It'll hopefully give everyone listening a good idea of kind of what segment our club. So I just started with, it'll be very hard to sum up Greg's impact on the club in a few words. 
I had a quick chat with some of the team members on what I would say, and everyone came to the same conclusion. Greg was the most reliable player we had in the club. He's been told several times before big games that he is now playing in goal at their outfield. <coughs> Excuse me. And at the drop of a hat, he would take the opportunity and always done brilliant of what was asked for him. Anything we achieved over as a team over the last 10 years, Greg was always at the heart of it. This year, Greg was, as you mentioned earlier, the captain of the B-League team and the junior team. He always led by example, and he would get lads up training, encourage lads, and he actually started the year in goals for us in the first team. And then only recently, the guys had a match last week and he was playing in midfield. Just kind of shows you what kind of a teammate he is. He put the club first. And no matter what the managers asked for him, Greg always got it done. Uh, us as a team, were a very tight group of players, and Greg is the main reason for this. He was always so inclusive of everyone and really made everyone feel part of the team. Everyone that knows Greg will tell you how much of a gentleman he was, and you would definitely be hard-pressed to find a more like person, especially around Navin. He was a huge personality in our club, and wind, rain, or snow, Greg would have everyone in good spirits at training. No matter what mood you arrived to training in, Greg would have you laughing about something silly and he'd always greet you with the big silly smile he always had in his face. And then just briefly, we wanted to say thanks. As you mentioned, he ran into trouble on the, uh, during a run on the Hill of Tara. And then we've heard word that a lot of people kind of stopped by when they heard him, seen him in trouble. And we just want to say thanks to those people. I'm sure they all know who they are and just thanks very much in Greg's time of need that they helped him. And then obviously the paramedics. And most importantly, probably our hearts go out to his girlfriend, Ashling, and the Hogg family. We can't even fathom what they're going through at this time. From us at the club, we've all lost a brilliant teammate, a great clubman, and most of all, we lost an amazing friend. Our club definitely won't be the same without Greg. My why, that's what a lovely tribute you just paid to him. You really have. And, and you know, I, for people who didn't know him, I have to say, uh, Craig, you get a real picture of the great fellow that he was and that he's gone all too soon. And again, we want to uh, remember today Ashling, his girlfriend, and, and all of the Hogg family as well and what they're going through. And um, we pray that they may receive strength at this time to deal with this sudden and tragic loss. Look, thank you for joining me, Craig. I really do appreciate it, Craig. Thank you for joining me on the show. No problem. Thanks very much. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. That's Craig Roach. You played uh, with the late Greg Hogg uh, with Bective and an all round player he was indeed. I mentioned it was a double tragedy because Mead cyclist Sean Lynch, who was involved in an accident while racing last weekend in Wexford, has also passed away. He was a long time member of Navin Road Club and latterly Drogheda Wheelers, whose chairman Andrew Waters joins me now. Andrew, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. Maya, you know, we pay tribute to people from time to time in the show, but two young men in County Mead, Mead men, uh, so close together, it's really hard to fathom. What happened? He was racing uh, last weekend. Yeah, that's correct, Jerry. Just first of all, I'd like to just uh, add my uh, sympathies and condolences to uh, Greg Hogg and his family as yeah. well. Uh, uh, you know, but... Sean was racing last Sunday in Wexford. Uh, there were three races on the road at the same time, and there was an, an accident in the first race on the road. And the race that Sean was involved in, then the riders were passing by that initial incident, and there was an unfortunate accident. Uh, Sean uh, crashed uh, and unfortunately never recovered uh, from the accident uh, in Wexford last Sunday. Again, to you, you knew him. 
paint a picture of this fellow. What was he like? What was he like? He, I suppose, he, he started cycling with Navin, I suppose, about three or four years ago. Uh, and as you said, just joined John the Wheelers at the start of the year. Um, on a personal level, uh, just and talking to his family, one word you could use to describe him was a heart of gold. Um, he had a word for everybody. You know, a very friendly, outgoing uh, character. A word for everybody, whether you knew him or not. And, you know, you might not always agree with him, and you might not always agree with the word that he had for you, but very, very friendly, outgoing, uh, warm personality. Um, behind that, uh, I suppose, there was a very... Uh, and, and using words maybe that his family have even referred to today, there was a stubborn element to him. And, you know, uh, he loved and he lived for uh, his his wife, uh, as she is now, um, Olivia, his family, but also the sport of cycling. And he he progressed, even for a short space of time, he progressed. He was toured in the Mead A4 Championships uh, the year before last. And his brother Michael joked that uh, Michael was supposed to win that race, but Sean did his own thing. Uh, he then progressed and he won the A4 category in the Mead Championships last year. And there's a grading system, Jerry, within cycling in Ireland. And Sean progressed up to the A3 level, which, you know, the A1 and A2 categories, they race together predominantly most weeks, and A3 will be the next level. Mm. You know, he, he even had engaged uh, the service of a, a personal coach. And certainly, uh, you know, the progression and the development was very clear to all. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a very strong cycling tradition uh, in his family. And his father, Nico, uh, would be well, very well known and respected in cycling circles. Like he's in his mid-70s, but you could meet that man anywhere, anywhere, and I mean anywhere, at any day of the week, out on the bike. And he still takes part in the veterans' races. He, uh, you know, took part in Ross Talton's and national and international races over the years. And uh, Sean's brother, Michael, now races for Navin, but um, I suppose Sean was always, you know, possibly trying to emulate some of the successes that his father had, and his father rode the Ross Talton. And I think that was one of the goals that, that Sean aimed for. Mm. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, we never know whether he would have, you know, reached that, that level, unfortunately. Yeah, and there's a, there's a story you mentioned, Olivia, his wife. She is his wife now. She is indeed. And, you know, we all knew of Sean's great love for Olivia, because uh, you know he never stopped telling us and never stopped talking about Olivia, and I met Olivia unfortunately in the hospital in Wexford at the weekend, and the first words that came out of her mouth to me was she adored the ground that he walked on, and I think that that summed up the relationship, you know, really close relationship, and uh, they had intended to get married later in the year, and they had a very a very touching uh, service in the hospital in Wexford last Sunday when uh, Olivia and Sean were married. My, in the circumstances that it happened, it's really touching, isn't it, to think about his it last indeed. It's, it's, it's very, very tragic and a very difficult week for, you know, certainly for his family uh, and friends. and But for the cycling fraternity generally, um, obviously he's, he's like us with Drogheda Wheelers at the moment, but very strong affiliation with Navin. But the amount of, uh, you know, social media comments and texts of support and condolence that we've got from all over the country, uh, from cycling clubs and cycling personality all over the country who knew him 
and you know from other sporting uh, bodies and friends just the amount of tributes and condolences that have been received and I'm sure his family have received them as well you know just sum up the very outgoing friendly kind of personality that was John Lynch Lovely words, Andrew, uh, about the man. Really are. And uh, thank you for joining me on the show today to pay tribute to him. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks indeed. That's Andrew Waters there, chairman of the uh, Drogheda Wheelers Club. And we do remember Sean Lynch and Greg Hogg, both of them, on late lunch this afternoon. And we again extend our condolences to their families and friends. And uh, I think in both cases, young men who are gone but will never be forgotten. Spend all your time waiting For that second chance For a break that would make it okay There's always some reason To feel not good enough And it's hard at the end of the day I need some distraction Leon Blanche, Communications Manager with Boyle Sports, joins us for our regular Friday look ahead to the big sporting action of the weekend at home and abroad. Afternoon, Leon. Straight to business. The League of Ireland this evening starting in the Premier Division and Dundalk with a very tricky one at Bohemians. Yeah, look, it's a huge game, I think, Jerry, especially for Dundalk in terms of being 2-0 up against Derry and throwing away that 2-0 lead and end up only taking a point when they should have got all three. So Bohemians are also coming off the back of a defeat against Cork. And Dundalk are slight favourites here at 23-10. to 10. You can back Bohemians at 13-5. to 5, And the draw here is 21-10. to 10. I think Jerry, having dropped two points last week against Derry, this is almost a game that Dundalk cannot afford to be dropping any more points. And I hope they can do it. But this... But the head is telling the heart, 21-10 to 10 for the draw is probably the most likely outcome. Now, Drogheda last week against Longford, slipping up, losing 1-0, had chances at the end of the game. They're blowing hot and cold, but tonight for them it's a key one again if they're going to stay in the playoff places. They have Limerick at home. Yeah, look, Jerry. I mean, they did have chances, as you rightly said, uh, towards the end of the match. And Limerick, they beat Bray 
uh, 1-0 and I think there's a point separating these two sides in Division 1 but Drogheda they are the strong odds on favourites at 4-7 to seven because they're at home Limerick are as big as 5-1 to one, and the draw here is 13-5 to five. here's hoping Drogheda can get back to winning ways after that heartbreaking 1-0 loss to Longford last week now Sunday is the final day in the Premier League across the water and it's gone to the wire. Liverpool or Manchester City, who's it going to be? Well, after the magnificent win during the week in the Champions League over Barcelona, Liverpool have Wolves at Anfield. Yeah, look, they have Wolves at Anfield and I was lucky enough, Jerry. I was there on Tuesday night. It was one of the best occasions I can ever remember as a Liverpool fan. They're up against Wolves who will be no pushover, but Wolves are as big as 10 to 1. Liverpool are 3-10, to 10, and the draw here is 9-2. to 2. Look, it's very simple. Liverpool know they must win and just hope that Manchester City can slip up against Brighton. But I, but I think the pressure's off Liverpool in a way that if they had been going into this game in front, other than that Vincent Company wonder strike, maybe the pressure might have got to these Liverpool players. But I fully expect Liverpool to come away on Sunday with all three points. Will it be enough, Leon, because City are at Brighton, who are now safe. Uh, they've had a couple of good results, though, Brighton, in recent games and started to score goals again. Is there any chance of a slip-up there? Uh, it looks pretty small, Jerry. to be fair. I mean, Brighton are 16-1 to one to win at home. The draw is as big as 6.5-1. to one. And Manchester City, who I have to give a whole load of credit to, after being knocked out of the Champions League, they've been... Nothing more than perfect in the Premier League. They're not winning by many goals, but they're getting the job done. They're one to six. In terms of the Premier League outright, Liverpool are six and a half to one. Manchester City are one to ten. So it does look, Jerry, as if City are going to win back to back Premier League titles. And what a return it would be. One hundred points last year and probably ninety eight points this year. It's a phenomenal standard they've set. It is, and like Liverpool, will probably finish 97 and imagine not winning the league with that total. It's <laughs> incredible to comprehend. Let's switch to GAA because the championship season at home really getting into full swing this weekend and both our local counties, Meath and Loud in action. Meath are at home to Offaly. Yeah, look, Jerry. I think Meath were fantastic in the league and this is an ideal opportunity to get their Leinster uh, campaign off to a winning start. They're the overwhelming favourites at 1-12. to Offaly can be backed at 15-2. to two. And in the GEA, a lot of people now look to see how many points would Mead need to win by to try and beat the handicap. Well, the handicap is set at seven points. So that means Mead have got to win by eight or more. And if you think they can do that, they're available at five to six. But I, I would just be hoping that Mead can continue their very, very solid league form and get their Leinster campaign off to a win, which I fully expect them to do so, especially being at home. Now, the Wee County are on the road. They're in Wexford and last year, disappointment in the championship for them. But a new broom sweeps clean, new manager, new approach this year. They had a good league campaign. They just missed out on promotion uh, on the last day. Wexford endured a terrible season. What's the odds there? Yeah, and this is a good chance, I think, for the Wee County to start off with a victory. As you rightly said, it was a good um, league campaign, just missing out on promotion. They are the favourites, even though they're on the road at 8-13. to 13. Wexford at 13 to 8, and the draw here is 15 to 2. But I actually like Loud minus a point, which means if the Wee County win by two or more, you're going to collect. That's available at 10 to 11. Loud minus 1. Now, rugby, it's the big weekend on the European scene, and Leinster are there yet again in the final. 
They are, they certainly are, but this is going to be one hell of a game in Newcastle uh, tomorrow evening. I think it kicks off around about 5 o'clock. Leinster are underdogs. They're 6-5. to five. Saracens are 4-5. to five, And the draw here is 20-1. to one. I honestly think, Jerry, I've watched a lot of the European Cup this year. I can't really separate these two sides. And it could come down to which player kicks better. Will it be Johnny Sexton or will it be Owen Farrell? Hopefully, fingers crossed from a Leinster perspective, it'll be Sexton. And here's hoping Leinster at 6-5 to five can do the business tomorrow night in Newcastle. Leon, fantastic. Until uh, this day next week, thank you so much for joining us once more on Late Lunch. All the best, Jerry. Coming up next on Late Lunch, a new low attending Mass. You're not immune to crime. Larry Clark from the Navin Road Club has been on to us to offer the club sincere condolences to Sean Lynch's family. Thanks indeed, Larry, for that nice uh, message. Uh, Anne wants to know, Jerry, would it be okay to bring our little dog to tonight's Pieta Walk? Yes, uh, the darkness into light. I'm sure it would, Anne, no problem. And somebody else said, come on, Jerry, give us a blast of blue is the colour of the Chelsea anthem. We'll hold off till the 30th of May, the day after the final, and it will be either good old Arsenal or blue is the colour. Is that fair enough? Anyway, thanks for all your messages to the show this afternoon. Now, uh, many people in Navin know that the 6 o'clock Mass at St Mary's Church is a very popular one each Saturday evening. It's normally packed. But last Saturday, two of uh, the people attending the Mass were in for a shocking experience really. One lady uh, who went to communion had her handbag taken and another man was pickpocketed. His phone was taken while at Mass. Isn't that shocking? I'm joined on the line by Mead Prevention, uh, Crime Prevention Officer Sergeant Dean Cairns. Dean, good afternoon. Hi Jerry, how are you keeping? I'm good, thanks for taking my call. You've described this as a new law and all you've investigated... Yeah, I suppose it's not something we tend to associate with Mass, where you have a couple of people uh, attending Mass and going up for communion and getting uh, valuables robbed from them. I don't think I've come upon something like that in a long, long, long time, and it's not something we would expect to happen at church. We would we would have seen that as a sacred place where things like this shouldn't happen, you know, but we're in a different world now, and obviously the two incidents last, last weekend... Yeah, there were, there, it was a new law like for, for, for people involved in crime. There's no doubt about that. So the message is, if you're going to communion and you have a handbag of that, you may take it with you, Dean? Yeah, although hopefully, look, you know, we would hope this isn't going to be a new trend and I don't expect it to be. We would hope it would be a once-off incident. But at the same time, I suppose, look, we can't take anything for granted nowadays, as you can appreciate, you know. And if unfortunately, it's not that you'd like to be scaring the life out of people, but unfortunately... You know, if you are attending Mass and you're leaving valuables, whether it's with cash and mobile phones behind you, this this opportunist, I, I suppose, can always happen. Mm. Now, as I said, we're hoping it won't become a trend, but when it happens once, there's always the possibility that it could happen again. But as I said, we hope we won't have too many incidents around the county in the future. Father Declan Hurley, the parish administrator there, has issued a statement to say that he's deeply upset and saddened by this. And... Uh, he, he just said like that uh, there are security cameras and uh, they've uh, been uh, turned over to you guys in Angara this year, Connor. So there is an in- investigation going on here. There is. And we, we, we would certainly be hopeful that the Gardaí will, will bring this to a conclusion fairly quickly. You know, uh, you know the, the, Father Hurley there has been very supportive and I suppose the guards in Avon are actively investigating it. And I say we would expect this to be brought to a conclusion as soon as possible. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's shocking to think that people in the course of worship uh, are vulnerable. And, and uh, of course, this is an isolated incident at the moment. And as you said, uh, hopefully it will remain that. Just while you're with me, this time uh, of year, uh, when, when people are out and about visiting, say, beauty spots, uh, sites of historical interest, parking near beaches, Dean, cars parked are targets. What, what would you advise people when they go to these places? I suppose over the last number of years, we have seen around the county itself, all the tourist hotspots at different times of the year have been targeted uh, by opportunist thieves, you know, particularly driving into these car parks, looking for handbags, looking for the morning walkers or runners, getting out of the cars first thing in the morning and putting handbags or wallets into the boot of the cars or under the seats. And I suppose our advice was, is to try and avoid leaving valuables of any description in a car or certainly avoid leaving any valuables on display in a car because that's an attraction to anybody walking by. And we've seen in the various car parks where tees get dropped off by, by their, their fellow uh, tees and they're walking around looking for an easy opportunity. They're looking for something on display. They're looking for cars that are left open. They're looking for, you know, generally cash and mobile phones would be the top two items that we've seen predominantly taken over the last number of years. And we just advise people, if they're going walking first thing in the morning or going, they're a regular walker, don't be bringing valuables with them. I know, unfortunately, the tourists, you know, they have all their bags and various bits and pieces. And we do try and get in contact with, with them through, through all the various tourist hotspots or the tourist areas around the county to try and advise them to be extra careful with... They're valuable, but it sometimes it's very, very difficult, you know, to get in contact with every single. And unfortunately, every year we have a number of people where cars are broken into and their valuables have been taken, you know. But we've been working hard with the tourists' uh, areas around the county to try and even set up an alert text alert that if something has happened in one area, we're notifying all the others to be on the guard or certainly to notify people coming in and around just to be that, a little bit more careful with what they're leaving behind them. And I suppose that's, that's what we're trying to do you know, for the current season as well, you know. Good advice, Dean. Uh, thank you for joining me on the show this afternoon and wish you well with your work. Thanks, Jerry. All the best. Take care. That's Dean Cairns there, Mead Crime Prevention Officer. Sergeant Dean Cairns uh, speaking to me about uh, that incident at the church. Shocking, isn't it, Louise, to think that you go to Mass or go to any place of worship and you're, you're likely to, you know what I mean? And I mean especially women, like women always bring their handbags to Mass and mm. they always just leave them down in front when they're going for mm. communion. Just not thinking, I suppose. I just see my phone ringing there. Look at the name and it. Keith Barry's ringing me. We must be going fishing soon. <laughs> I'll ring him back when I just finish here in a Magic few minutes. Magic the fish, <laughs> <laughs> He'll mesmerise them into the boat. It's right. Anyway, I just want to say my thank yous as usual to all our guests who joined us on the show this week, to our listeners who are with us every day. We really do appreciate your company and, of course, to the woman herself, Louise Walsh, who keeps me on the straight and narrow. My producer, thanks a million indeed, Louise. That's it for another week on Late Lunch. Back Monday for a full week next week. And sure, isn't it great leaving you in the company of one of my favourites? Yes, it's Kylie herself and spinning around. See you Monday.
FM podcasts. Brought to you with Cartmac Cross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cartmac Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or CartmacCrossCU.ie. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers, and if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.